All right. Morning, family. Good to see you guys. Beautiful day out there today. Amen. Well, I'm glad you guys are here with us at church. Like Jarrett mentioned, we've been in a series uh, that we do every year. It's an annual series we do on our vision. And so we might have some new folks in the house this morning. And I'm so glad that you're here. I uh, hope that we can be a home church for you. I hope that we can be something that's, that's more than just Sunday services. hope we, we can be a place where you can use the gifts and the, the talents that God's placed inside of you to build his kingdom. For you to find real relationships with people. Uh, that can be all those things that Jared's talking about. Support, encouragement, and celebration. Uh, as we get ready to talk today, uh, we're, we're talking more about vision. And, and I want to talk about some specific things that I think are important when it comes to vision. Uh, and, and one of those things, I think to clearly know where you're going, you have to know where you've come from. And I think it's really important that when you're talking about what God is asking you to do, that you remember and that you honor the past. And so in your notes, that's, that's the first thing I want to talk about. I want to talk about how important it is that we honor the past. And as, as I think about that, um, I've, I've been around New Life Church for about 15 years now. And, and honestly, if I think about it too much, I could, I could probably get emotional just thinking about God's faithfulness. Uh, and then specifically at this campus, uh, just overwhelmed with gratefulness for so many amazing families that have been so solid and so faithful um, from day one when we got this campus going. And, uh, and there's no way that I can name them all, but I, I, I can look out across the room right now and see some of them. Uh, I think about the Moors sitting right over here, Chad and Tina, and the Carries. And I think about the Wagners. And um, I think about the Knowles. And I think about so many families, like I said, there's no way I can name them all, that have just been here and been consistent and have served and have given and have sacrificed. Uh, but the truth is, we wouldn't even be here as a campus if it wasn't for other people that made a way before us. Uh, and specifically, the obedience of a family, of Pastor Rick and Michelle, to leave Louisiana, to leave everything they knew, their family, the church that they had grown up in, the community that they had been in, uh, to, to come to Arkansas. And we can all agree that it is a significant upgrade moving from Louisiana to Arkansas. <laughs> that is true. Uh, but there is a, a lot of sacrifice. And one of the things that you'll never hear Pastor Rick talk about is, is the financial sacrifice that it was for their family. Um, for not just them, but the DeLons who came here with them and, and the Hamiltons. And I want to take a little bit of time to remember that. And some of you, you're not going to have context for this. Some of you, you, this is your first weekend. So you're like, man, this, I'm not sure what I just stepped into. I want you to know you just stepped into, I believe, what is a divine appointment and an amazing opportunity. Because I believe that we are, by the grace of God, in the middle of something huge. And 
and what it means for the kingdom and what it means for the state of Arkansas. Uh, but to, to talk a little more about our past and to honor that, Pastor Rick shot a video telling a little bit more of the original story of what it was like when they first came to Arkansas. And I want us to watch that for just a few minutes um, before I continue to share a little bit this morning. Let's watch this. New Life Church, every year we speak about vision. We have to. God has given us a vision as a church, and you want to know about it. But what you do not know is recently I got in front of a camera and I started talking about the vision of New Life Church and, and things that have happened. And I just want to say to you, it got weird for me, awkward for me, because I don't cry much, and something happened in that moment that's, that's awkward for me to talk about because I broke. I was, I was in a home that reminded me of when we started, and, and I had a flood of these thoughts and emotions and and so I lost it. And I thought all of that footage was ruined because of it. Because personally, I don't even like to hang out with pastors who cry. I mean, every now and then everybody's going to get hit. But my friends, that's not their demeanor, like crying. And uh, I just, I don't like to be around it much. And, and then now I'm in this moment and it felt extremely awkward and so I thought all of that was ruined. But my staff, they have convinced me, even though I might still be slightly reluctant, but they have convinced me I need to show it to you anyway. So I had them edit out the worst parts. You're not even going to see the worst parts because it's just too much, man. But we're still going to show it. Why are we doing this? I, re I really don't know, except for you to know, sometimes... When you see all that God does for you, it's just overwhelming. It's like the Bible says he's going to do more than you can imagine or you can handle. That he's going to pour out a blessing so much so on you that you can't contain it. That's what he's done at New Life Church. I love you all. So here it goes. Let's take a look. Hey, New Life Church, I thought it would be a good idea for us to talk about vision. And recently I was talking to some friends and I said, you know, we've never shot a video in the original room where my family lived during the first year of moving here. It's where we met with the launch team. It's where we met with people who were new to our church or wanted to think about coming to our church. In fact, we had never even had one church service yet. This is the first time I've been in this room in 17 years. I took my family here and we we're all looking around, just remembering the, the enormity of all that God has done through the years. Right here in this room, it started with just a handful of friends who are still my friends now. And we started dreaming about what could we do? What, what could happen? And let me be clear, I never knew all that would take place. We had a dream, but it wasn't as big as it is now. But interesting enough, the same things that we talked about in the living room here is still happening where you are now. In fact, our church is still being built in living rooms. 
We were in this room when we heard about September the 11th. My family was just talking about the tears there. Uh, it was in this room that one of my kids tried to witness to the other kid, and, and she said, no, I'm not ready for that yet. We, we talked about so many things that happened in this room. I remember putting together sermons and putting together vision. and I remember being scared in this room, in this house. But I also remember a lot of great stories. What we did is we told a few people, here's our phone number and we're going to start a church on February the 4th. And people started calling us. It was strange how God stirred up the hearts of people in this city to call us. And they would call my phone and then we would say, you want to come over for some cookies? We actually had coffee and dessert with over 200 people in one month's span of time. I remember when... I remember when they would knock on the door, my kids would run down to answer the door. And I would hear this voice of somebody I didn't even know. And they would walk in, and as they were walking up the stairs behind me, I remember wondering if they came to our church, would we, would we hurt them? You know, would we pastor well? If they decided to choose our church, would it be a mistake? So then we would meet them and we would share our heart with them and, and our vision. And, and I remember right away, it just seemed like it was important to a lot of people to have these values, that it, that it wasn't a, something that was obscure or something they wanted to resist. Right away, I could tell that a lot of people were dreaming about the same type church. That was encouraging. Then we would pray together, and then every time, every time they said, we're going to go to this church. You're going to be our pastor. It wasn't me. It was just they longed for values that Christ talked about 2,000 years ago. It's really not that complicated. So, looking back on those, those years and being in this room, I don't know, it's doing something to me. When I visit a different campus, they're doing the same things we talked about in this room. And I'm proud of you all and somewhat surprised because if I would have known that we would have grown the way we've grown I would have predicted that maybe we would have lost some of those original discussions and, and we haven't I'm sure we've hurt some people we've certainly lost some really good believers here and there some have moved away some fell away from the Lord and some found a better church so many have just stayed around through the years and some of you are brand new and you still are attracted to the same things that these families who just walked up those stairs hungry for so I didn't expect to get uh, emotional today but maybe it's important that we all remember 
I just want to ask all of you to remember the vision, but please don't forget about the values. Through the years, I've seen this coming together, and, and um, I don't know how long I'll be able to pastor here. And I'm 57, and, but I know that I just enjoy attending this church. So I'm still leading, and then you have a pastor who leads your campus, and we're all leading. But I tell you, we're just thankful to be a part of it. <laughs> I'm thankful I haven't messed it up. Like, I always think I'm going to mess this up. And I'm sure you have, too. If you lead a small group, are you going to mess it up? If you run sound, are you going to mess it up? There's just a lot of responsibility to saying, yes, Lord, I'll go. So if you're new to New Life Church, we just want to let you know that we want to hand this to the next generation as well. And then one day we're going to ask for you to hand it to someone else. If you're a greeter at a door, we have to make sure that we allow other people to greet around us. If you're a praying person, you have to teach others to pray with you. I'm a pastor. I had to teach other people to pastor. I love preaching and leading, but I had to raise up other people to do it. And now we have people that can do it way better than me. And I love watching that. And I just want to thank you for it. We're just getting started. We have 17 campuses in Arkansas, and then our vision is 50. And I'm sure when that happens that it won't be over, but maybe the Lord will even come back before that. But a lot of people who are not even saved yet will ultimately give their heart to Christ and be discipled in our church and pastor campuses someday. People who are lost right now, people who are smoking pot right now, they're going to give their heart to Christ, come in, stop liking cats, and then they're going to fall in love with God. And we're going to disciple them, and they're going to help reach the city that God lays on their heart. What? So New Life Church, because you remember what it was like to be in a small room establishing strong convictions and values and vision for the state of Arkansas, we have been able to expand. I just want to brag for a second about the Cabot campus. James and Cody, the way that you guys lead, the way that you love the heart of Christ and even the vision of NLC, that campus is huge. In fact, you guys get it right more than any other campus. The way that you fight for excellence but you remember the value of a soul. When a pastor comes in and they're looking around and to see what we do, I always say, you need to go to the Cabot campus. They're doing this right. Uh, when we have a new pastor who needs to be trained, I send them to the Cabot campus. Why? Because you guys have strong vision and you're acing it, but you have not forgotten what started in a small room. And all of NLC is proud of the Cabot campus. Keep up the good work, and God bless you. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> I'm very thankful for Pastor Rick. I'm thankful uh, for the friendship that we've had. and I'm not like him, actually. I cry more than he does. He's, he's kind of a jerk. But... Uh, <laughs> but uh, even as we were watching that video um, when he made the comment about people smoking pot and that they're going to come in and stop liking cats. And, 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 
And then you laughed, and Cody said, that's the first time they've laughed this morning. <laughs> and uh, I said, no, they laughed at me once. Don't forget about that. But, uh, but I think there is not, it's not somber. It is, I think it's just understanding the weight of the calling in the kingdom of God. Eternity. And so some of y'all, you, you weren't, you're not necessarily like at that place. You're just like, man, I'm just trying to figure out if this is a cult because I heard it was a cult and I wanted to come check it out because I thought that might be kind of cool. And, and so, and, and I'm not sure where you're at with that at this point, but, but there's some of us that we're not newbies. We're not fresh to what God's been doing around here. But I do believe that there's some of us that God is calling us to more. Uh, but I think with that, I think it's also important, in addition to honoring the past, that you celebrate what, what God's doing right now, that you celebrate the now. Like, what is God doing? And here's the deal. Like, there, I, it, it's so hard for us as a campus. I'll meet with the staff, and I'll be like, man, what? So many amazing stories going on, and we'll talk about those on a continual basis. But then sometimes when it comes to something, we're like, hey, I want to get like specific stories about specific things. It's hard for us always to remember everything. Uh, but I do want to share this, this stat, and I hope that this is something that encourages you. Um, because it encourages me. It's the reason why we exist as a church. So far this year, we've had 706 hands raised to make some sort of commitment for Christ. So far this year. And so far this year, we've had 118 people get water baptized and go public with their decision to follow Christ. And, and that, that, that's just our campus and, and and I could get into a lot of other really encouraging stats, but, but this is what Pastor Rick was talking about. It has to come back to the one. An individual. A soul. Our values, the, the first one we talk about is the value of a soul. We talk about how Jesus, man, he set the, he set the pace for this and how he would, he would leave crowds to, to chase after individuals so they could be healed, set free, and come to know him. And we've got to do that. So I, I want to just share a few stories of, of that, the value of souls. There's a young man, four years old, his name's Eli. He's over in our, our little life ministry. And um, he has cerebral palsy. And so when he first started coming, um, it was difficult for him because he couldn't participate the way the other kids were participating. But we've had a, a team of people that God just places on their heart that there's a need in our city, in our community of other families that have special needs kids that can never attend church because they can't take their kids and leave them there because there's no one there to help them and, and allow them just to enjoy church. 
And so a team of people got together called Kid Life Plus, volunteers that have training with special needs. And one of those volunteers has literally become the hands and feet of Jesus for Eli and gets him out of his chair and helps him dance and praise during worship and takes him from each station to each station so he can interact. And now Eli is making friends. And when he used to come in, he was discouraged, but now he's laughing and he's smiling and he can't wait to come to church and be around the presence of God. That's what we're about. We're about people like like Mimi Harrington. Uh, this, this lady came into our church and she's, she's a widow grandmother. And, and when she first showed up, she looked around and she's like, there are not a lot of people my age. And, and that intimidated her because she's like, this is, there's just a lot of young people. Like, I don't know if this is a church I can come to, but she, she decided to start serving. And, and when she did, she serves, she serves over in little life faithfully. And now she has community and she has friends and she belongs and she feels purpose. And, and I'm thankful for her. I'm thankful that, that in, after losing a spouse and, and, feeling without purpose and maybe not feeling valued that she could find a place where she's valued. The wise songs, Frank and Summer sitting right up here. And uh, I remember I, we, we went to a lunchtime with, for our kids at Mountain Springs. And uh, I've just always got my antenna up for people. Um, and it's not because I'm a pastor necessarily, but that's part of it. But they were sitting at a table and we started ter- talking about our church. And I don't think they were going anywhere at that time. I don't remember necessarily, but we just started talking about it. And eventually they came and they've been here and, and serving kid life. And then, and then Frank is one of the guys that will taser you if you get out of hand. He's on our security team. And, and, uh, but they got engaged in life groups. They've been in several now and are serving. And, and then this last few months ago, a niece and a nephew were in a tough spot and, and got put into a group home. And they knew that they needed to step up and help them. And so they did. For a while, they were driving in Knoxville all the time to try to go. And, and, but now they've brought them into their home. And they'd be, they'd be the first ones to tell you that if they didn't have supportive community, if they didn't have these life groups, if God hadn't allowed them to get mature in the things of God and in the word and in community, they, they wouldn't have been in the place to be able to do that. I'm thankful for them, their willingness, how they serve, their faithful marriages. Guys, God is moving in an amazing way. Look, I want you to know that the stats are discouraging around marriage. But I want you to know that marriage is designed by God and he is not giving up on it and neither should you. you it is worth fighting for. And so our, our re-engaged group, this is just marriage enrichment and families and all different levels of their relationship with each other. And 
Some of them are doing well, but they want to do better. And some of them are not doing well. But we had a couple come in to re-engage. And, and we quickly found out that they were legally divorced. But that God had impressed on them to give it one more try. To fight. One more time. And so they came in. And I'd imagine how awkward that would be. But they opened up. And they've been growing in the Lord and they've been growing in love and falling in love again. And last I heard, they're trying to annul their divorce. They're trying to get it completely eradicated and God's going to reconcile them and it's going to be a testimony of his grace, his love and mercy and healing. I think about our students. So many amazing things happening with students. One young lady, her name's Hannah Freeman, and she's been around for a while. She's come up through several of our student ministries. Um, but when she first started coming around, this is a pretty shy girl, or at least soft-spoken. But she was around some friends one time, and she was worshiping, and they heard her worshiping, and like, you need to try out. And she's like, hey, I'm never going to stand in front of a crowd of people. Uh, none of you would want to do that. That's why you're sitting out there and I'm standing up here. But, but she was encouraged by her friends. Like, you need to. You got to try out. So she tried out. She started leading worship with real life. Now she's led worship up on this main stage with confidence and boldness. And now she's at OBU at NLC and she's developing that calling and that gifting because she feels the call of God on her life to use that. But it took investment from leaders. It took people that just saw and drew it out of her and believed in her and encouraged her. There's so many stories. But I also think that it's important that we don't look at everything that's happened like the best is, is in the past. I think it's important that we have faith for the future. It's important that we have faith for the future. I, I, it's so incredibly important that your dream is so much more powerful than your memory. That what you're believing God for, it just seems impossible. And, and if you've got a dream that you feel like you can achieve on your own, I, I would encourage you to challenge whether or not that dream's from God. Because God doesn't typically give us dreams that we can accomplish on our own. He gives us dreams we have to trust him for. And I believe that that's what God has given us as a church. But I believe it's going to take all of us to achieve it. All of us. And so what, what, what are we looking at for the future? Look, eventually we will plant at least one, if not two, to three campuses just out of this campus. We're looking at Jacksonville. We're looking at Valonia. We're looking at Lone Oak. We're looking at several communities that, that have good churches but we'd love to partner with them to continue to win people. But there's three things. I just want to challenge you, and I'm almost done speaking. Three things I want to challenge you with when it comes to the vision. First of all, own the vision. Own it. Please, you will always be welcome here. We'll love you. We love you no matter where you're at. You could have just walked off the street being a cat-loving pothead. Uh, that could have been the case. And we want you to know that we love you. We're glad that you're here. 
Uh, we're going to have other people, broken people walk into our church all the time. We attract them, and I'm so thankful for that. And we will always love people right where they're at, but we will also love them too much to leave them in that place if we know that God has a better plan and purpose for their life. And so we, we believe in that. But here's the deal. Please don't just come to our church and rent this vision. Please don't come to our church and just be a consumer of what New Life Church does. Come and own it and contribute to it. Because we need it. Because we need you too. Because you need us. But also because you will never experience life and life to the full until you do. You will be missing out on the things that God has for you until the day that you say, I'm not just going to come and, and enjoy a service and enjoy worship or let my kids consume. We're going to come and we're going to contribute. We're going to own this thing. We call it being a son or daughter in the house where you just, you get it. You get it. You want to be a part of this. It says in Colossians 2, 7, Plant your roots in Christ and let him be the foundation of your life. Be strong in your faith just as you were taught. I think that word plant is so important. We are not plant people at our house. We kill most of the plants that come into our house. Cody has been doing really good. There's a new fresh anointing on Cody to take care of plants. And I'm thankful for that. Uh, because it's a step towards maybe having a pet someday. Maybe, maybe. If we can keep the pets and the kids alive, there's, it's a miracle. But, but what you know, what you can learn about plants is they're susceptible if you keep replanting them. If you're constantly taking a plant from an environment that you put it in and you uproot it again and you move it somewhere else, eventually those roots begin to die and then the plant dies. So I want to speak to that in relation to being planted in the local church. Some of you, you've bounced around to so many churches and I'm concerned for you as a pastor that your roots are getting weak and dying. And I would encourage you, you've got to figure out, you will never find a perfect church. You will never find a perfect church. This church is not perfect. There's plenty of issues and I'm more aware of them than anyone else, promise you. You'll never find a perfect church. But you can experience God's grace, peace, and joy when you just decide we're gonna get planted somewhere. But I also believe that we have people that would consider this their church, but you are still not rooted and planted in the kingdom of God. And from week to week, the priorities of where you're going to put roots changes. It changes based on the seasons. It changes based on what's happening with your kids. It changes based on what's happening in your finances. It changes based on what's happening in a different relationship around you. And your roots are constantly being moved around. Be firmly rooted in the kingdom of God. Seek first his kingdom and all of his righteousness and everything else. Everything else, everything else will be added unto you. Everything else will be added unto your kids. Everything else will be added unto your marriage. Everything else will be added to your finances. Everything else will be added to you. If you put roots every day firmly in the kingdom of God, 
firmly in your identity in Christ. Put it there. A couple things to own the vision. First, I think to own it, you're going to work for it. You're going to work for it. Meaning you're going to do whatever you can to help cultivate and have ownership to work for it. Here's the biggest thing that that this really means to me. It means that you are intentionally always looking for people who are unchurched or de-churched that you can invite to come and be a part of the body of Christ. I think that maybe we've gotten a little complacent in that area as a church. There was a season as a church where we never had to invite people because people didn't understand why so many people would want to come to that piece of junk building we used to meet in. And they're like, there's cars everywhere. What's going on? So people would come just because they're trying to figure out what's going on in that place. Look, we're not as visible anymore. And we purposely built in a place where we felt that the city was going to build and move towards us. And so we didn't make a mistake with that, but we're not as visible anymore. So there's a lot of times that people don't even know that we're here as a church. It is by your testimony and by your word that people are going to know. And this reminds me, this, the, the, the type of energy, the type of focus. If you've ever been to a foreign country, especially like a developing nation, a third world nation, you go into a market where they sell like all the tourist stuff. If you go over to Asia or Southeast Asia, a lot of times you'll find all these like knockoff cheap watches and technology and different things like that. And I, I like watches. And so one time I was in in Thailand and I went into one of those markets and there was a guy there selling watches, these fake knockoff watches. So all I did is I just went and looked at this fake Breitling watch that he had on this little display. I just looked at it and then, and that was it. And I started to walk away. He went and grabbed that watch. He started following me around. My friend, my friend, my friend, what will you give me for this? What do you give me for this? What do you give me for this? So I'm like, I'm not interested in the watch. I'm not interested in it. He's like, my friend, my friend. Come on, my friend, what will you give me? Come on, it's not much, it's not much. Come on, what will you give me? I'm like, I'm not interested. That guy proceeded to follow me into five other shops that he didn't even own. Like other people's shops, trying to sell me this watch. And he was so persistent. So finally, I was just like, fine, I'll give you this amount for it. And he's like, my friend, why so low? My friend, you can do better. I'm like, you've been bugging me. And now I told you, I give you, and you you don't want to give me. Come on. He's like, my friend, my friend, come on. Give me a little more, a little more. Long story short, I have this broken knockoff Breitling watch in my house that I bought from this guy. But how did, so how does that relate to anything I'm talking about? We are not selling a cheap knockoff Breitling watch. We are presenting the hope of heaven and his kingdom. How, how persistent, how persistent are we to afford people the opportunity to spend eternity in heaven? How persistent Are we inviting our neighbors? Inviting people around us, the people we work with and just doing everything we can. And if they won't go to our church, will they go to a different church? Do we promote that? Do we work for it?
And also, I think to own it, you've got to sacrifice for it. There's some sacrifice. I mean, this is how you know when it's sacrifice, when it makes you uncomfortable. When it's going to take you being uncomfortable. The people that serve around here, they sacrifice. They sacrifice just because they give up. They work like you. You, you got to understand the people that are making all this work, they're not paid by this church. They're volunteers. They've got full-time jobs. They've got families. They've got... They've got all that, but they, they sacrifice to own this, to make it what it can be. And then also, I think you've got to give to it. You give to it with your time. You give to it with, with using whatever God has given you, your skill, your talent. And you give to it financially. Also, I think it's important that you pray for the vision. Pray for the vision. Some of you, if you're not ready to sacrifice, if you're not ready to give, will will you at least agree to begin to pray? Will you pray for the vision of our church? Will you pray for me? Will you pray for our leaders? Will, Will you pray that God will... Give us creativity and give us favor and and help us to to see needs and to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Will you pray? And will you pray like it means something? A while back, Cody and I, a lot of times Sunday afternoons after I'm done preaching everything, like all I want to do is just like, I struggle sometimes a little, I've shared this before, I struggle with a little bit of PPD, post-preaching depression. It just, it's a thing that settles in on me where I'm just like, man, I just don't know if that was any good. I don't, I don't know if anybody's even gonna show up next weekend. It's just, it's really pathetic. But a lot of times what I wanna do when I'm feeling like that, I just wanna go lay down on a couch, eat food and watch a violent movie. Like that's what I wanna do. And so a while back we were sitting down and we were trying to find a movie and we've got this amazing thing that, um, that we subscribe to that uh, allows you to filter movies. And so what you can do though is you can go on and look at the content that's, that you can filter on this thing uh, and then filter and then watch the movie. And so we're looking for a good war movie, just a good violent war movie. That's what I wanted to watch. And so we, we picked this movie and we went to look at the filters and everything that was available. And we looked at the language filters and there was like no bad language in the movie that you could filter. And we just both knew that's a horrible war movie. Like there's no way that is a good war movie. If there's not F-bombs being dropped all over the place. I mean, because here's it, because, because war is violent and it is gruesome and it is scary and it is and you know that when you experience that kind of environment man you your language can get pretty passionate do you pray like you are in a war do you pray like the enemy is violently trying to lay waste to every relationship in your life Do you pray like he is trying to creep his way into every nook and cranny of your home and get you complacent and apathetic and distracted away from what really matters and that is the kingdom of God? Do you pray for souls? Do you pray for your neighbor? Do you pray for your coworkers? 
like violent prayers where you're interceding and standing in the gap, knowing that it is heaven and hell and it is eternity. And do you pray for them like it means everything for them to hear from heaven? And so I'm going to ask you, if you pray, cuss, I'm joking. Don't do that. But pray, pray with some spiritual violence in your desperation. And then also give the vision away. Give the vision away. In 2 Timothy, it says this, then, or you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. We have got to be a church that is constantly thinking about the next generation. We have got to be a church who understands reproductive leadership. In other words, we're not just going to go and lead or serve in a place We're going to constantly be looking for a Timothy. We're going to constantly be looking for someone else. We're going to constantly be looking at the next generation, a student, somebody. Everyone in here is probably leading someone because you're one step ahead of someone, which means you're leading them. And we need to be aware and intentional about making sure that we are creating a legacy for the kingdom of God, that we disciple people that we are engaged in life groups. And there are seasons when we need to just get fed. But if we stay in that place, we get spiritually fat. At some point or another, you've got to start feeding somebody else too. You've got to start pouring out what's been poured into you. You've got to start using it. And it may not be perfect and it may not be perfectly formulated and you may not be a great theologian. And I'm thankful you're not because a lot of times those people are jerks. But if you love Jesus and you're growing in the word of God and you're growing in relationship with the Holy Spirit every day, I promise you somebody needs what you have and you can pour into someone. We've got to be handing this thing off. We've got to be a church who's constantly looking at who needs to catch on fire with the kingdom of God in the vision of New Life Church. Why? Souls. 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 There's too many open chairs in this room that need to be filled with people who need hope. Somebody else is going to sit where you're sitting at some point. And they need to know the hope of Jesus. They need to know the gospel. They need to grow in the word in the Lord there's somebody here today you're at a crossroads in your spirit and you don't know what it all means you may have been around church things you may have heard about Christians you may have been hurt by Christians you may have been burned by churches this may be one of those days where you said I'm going to give it one more try but after this I'm not going to keep coming back And I want you to know that you're here on purpose. And you came on a great day because today, not only can you receive the greatest gift that any of us could ever receive, the gift of salvation, but you can step right into a purpose. You can.
can step right into a vision that'll be an experience you've never had before in your life. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. I want to give that person, and there may be a few of you, I don't know. I, I'm never sh- sure. I, just, I do know this though. I know that when I get up every day, I want to live my life in such a way that, that even if I spend my whole life preaching the gospel and even one person comes to the saving knowledge of Jesus, that it's worth it. And I want you to know that you're worth it. Jesus looked down through the generations and he saw your face. He saw all of your sin. He saw your mistakes. He saw your brokenness. And he said, it's worth it for me to suffer and die for them, for you right now. If you're here today and you know that you're away from God, You have no confidence of where you would spend eternity if you died today. I want you to have confidence. I want you to experience the most fulfilling relationship and calling and purpose that you could ever experience. And if you're here today and you've never done that, or you did at one point, but the enemy has convinced you and you're away from him, your own shame has has driven you away from the presence of God, or just your life and your choices, whatever it is, and maybe you need to come back to him. You need to rededicate your life to him. If you're either one of those people, I wanna pray. It's a simple prayer, but it's the most important prayer. And if you wanna be included in this prayer today, nobody looking around, but if that's you, and you're ready to have a real relationship with a real God who really loves you, I want you to put your hand up right now. As soon as I see your hand, you can put it down. I'm not going to embarrass you. If you're here today and you need a relationship with God, got it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Got it. Thank you. Anybody else? I need a relationship with Jesus today. Thanks, bro. Anybody else? I know I'm away from God. I want to have a relationship with him. I got you. Thank you. Anybody else? Father God, thank you for moving in this place today. Thank you for the vision you've given us, but I thank you that all of it, all, it's all about what just happened. These people, right now, he's here to meet with you. Just talk to him, just say this. Say, God, I know that I'm broken and I know that I'm lost and I know that I'm a sinner and I know that I can't save myself. I know that I've tried. I've tried to to make life work. I've tried to do it on my own and it, it fails. And so right now I know that I need you. And I believe right now in faith that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. He paid the price for my sin. I thank you for that. I ask for your forgiveness right now. And I also repent. I, I want to stop. I want to turn away from the way I've been living. And I want to live according to your will. I, I know that you've got a purpose for me. And I want to understand what that is. And I want to live in that place. Thank you, God, for your grace. Thank you for saving me right now. 
Thank you for giving me a new life. Thank you for giving me a new hope. Now, Lord, use me. Use me. However you want to, God. I don't want to be a part of your kingdom. God, that is it's the cry of my heart. It's the cry of our church. It's the cry of the sons and daughters in this place, God. Use us. Use us for your glory, for your kingdom. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you're thankful for God's word, those folks that raise their hand, let's give God some praise in this place. Amen.